is coming up at 5. Between now and then, if there's a traffic red alert, breaking news, severe weather alerts, the WSB 24-hour breaking news center will not hesitate to break in. And we'll have more during Atlanta's evening news from 5 to 7. Depend on it. Sean Hannity. The new, the new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. The most connected man in D.C. on the Sean Hannity Show. All right, the most connected man in Washington, D.C., Jamie Dupree, is standing by. Our top story remains the revelation that George Stephanopoulos hid the $50,000 donation before the interview with Peter Schweitzer. I said at the time, you know, he had a rooting interest. He sounded like a paid Clinton hack. And, in fact, now this, this story is now exploding with Rand Paul demanding that Stephanopoulos recuse himself from the 2016 election, which I think is the the right thing to do. Well, I don't think any Republican candidate would uh, allow for him to be, you know, either somebody who asks a question or a moderator or something like that. I mean, you know, look, I, I, I guess my thought as a reporter is if as a reporter you want to give to some foundation that does good, well, you know, thumbs up to you. But at the same time, you do have to sort of think about who you're going to give money to or something like that. And if you're going to give it to the Clinton Foundation and you're going to interview somebody writing a book about that, you better get that up or maybe just sort of turn to the side and say, hey, somebody else needs to do this uh, this interview. You know, it's funny. All these years uh, that we've worked together, I have I have been sort of relentless in pressing you as to why you don't vote in national elections. This, this is the reason. I mean, well, yeah, because absolutely. And for example, I'm an advocacy journalist. I mean, a talk show host, which is a different genre of journalism, but it's journalism and uh, very different from what it is that you do every day. And uh, if I found out that you had given money to the Clinton Foundation and I told my audience, I think they'd be pretty pissed off. Well, of course you would. Uh, I mean, you would want me on. I mean, that's what I want. Uh, I always try to foster is I don't want to have to hedge my words at all. Because I've had people accuse me of being, you know, both, uh, uh, you know, a liberal and a conservative. And, I mean, you know, people who listen to me on your show, some think I'm a complete liberal. People who hear me on your show, some think, why are you on with Hannity? He's a total conservative. You shouldn't be on there. So you get it from both sides. But my thought just I is, actually think you're more libertarian than anything else. Uh, I think I don't really care about <laughs> which side does anything. I really do. I think you're I like to I th- watch it. I think you're sick of the whole bunch but, of them. And you've, look, you've, you've seen it all. You are going to be in the situation of where George Stephanopoulos is. I mean, I remember him when he worked here in the Congress. I remember that he worked for Dick Gephardt. I remember that he went to work for the Clintons. I remember that he was the chief spokesman for a while down at the White House. You can go on C-SPAN and find White House briefings from 1993 where George Stephanopoulos is the spokesman at the White House. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the same time, I would almost sort of say as well to the guy who wrote the book, Clinton Cash, that he didn't do his homework either. I mean, he maybe should have been ready with some jabs a la, uh, who was it, uh, George H.W. Bush at Dan Rather. Maybe he should have been ready to uh, take it, George Stephanopoulos, a little uh, on that situation. But, yeah, it doesn't look good, and I'm sure other Republicans will also be saying they'd rather not have Stephanopoulos involved in any debate stuff. You know, let me go back. I actually went back and got—remember the, the documentary, The War Room? Remember when George Stephanopoulos is in this? We actually have audio from that. Listen to this. Have a good night for Bill Clinton. Three debates, three wins. Uh, Bush was on the defensive all night long. I think he was put on the defensive by Bill Clinton over the economy. And by- well, what is names address? I can send you a fax with names, addresses, phone numbers of, of who you had an affair with. It wouldn't make it true. Yeah, I just, uh, believe me, believe me that it's been looked at by every major national news organization. Everything. And it is completely bull****. If you went on the radio and said that Bill Clinton 
is uh, the father of an illegitimate black child, you would be laughed at. People would think you're crazy. We're not going to lose. We are going to win. He is going to be president. Well, no, but I mean, don't think of it like that. Think of, let's take it at two levels. Number one, of course, it's not going to matter. But number two, think of yourself. I guarantee you that if you do this, you'll never work in democratic politics again. Maybe you don't want to. I'm not saying it matters. You would be embarrassed before the National Press Corps. People will think, nobody will believe you, and people will think you're scummy. The governor walks out, the president, God, I get shook up when I say it, walks out with Hillary and Chelsea. They wave, they smile, they hug. I'm as, I'm as happy as I can be, and I'm so proud. I mean, it's he was such a hack then. You know, basically your life's over. Basically, you'll be the laughing stock of the world. Basically, you'll be this. Turns out the Jennifer Flowers issue was true. I believe Kathleen Willey. We know Paula Jones was true. And uh, then it's a question of, do you believe Juanita Broderick? I interviewed her, and I found her believable. So, you know, he it just... He, it's just that war mentality, and I don't think it's gone. So the question is, you know, ABC now, I think, has a news credibility problem. What do they do with George? Well, I'm sure they're not going to move him out. Uh, just judging from their reaction, it didn't seem like it. Look, from my point of view here in the Congress, again, I knew Stephanopoulos back when he worked in the Congress. He worked for Dukakis in 88. Then uh, he became... Uh, he worked on the floor, if I remember correctly, for Dick Gephardt, who was the majority leader at the time. And then he joined the Clinton campaign. So, I, I mean, it's obvious where he came from. Oh, I, I think so. What is the feeling among your fellow so-called journalists that you work with in Washington? So-called? Thank you for that. Well, I mean, some of them are good and some of them are hacks. I mean, let's be honest, Jamie. You know the media is pretty liberally biased. I mean, you know. I would, uh, I would take issue with that. I, I, I know oh, a lot of, I know your listeners don't agree, but I see oh, an awful lot of people working very hard here to do their job and do it in a very how, how many here's manner. my proof how many times was barack hussein obama asked about his relationship with bill Ayers and bernadine Dorn? i'm talking about the people right here in the halls of congress working on congress every day i wasn't on the obama campaign no. i didn't i wasn't out there every day uh, you can i think you can always do better when you look back but all i know is i will vouch to the end of the earth for the people i work with here if not, you're going to get beaten up in the hallway. Well, no. <laughs> I'm only teasing you. Uh, I think it's going to be a big issue. I think now, AB, who are they going to put? Lara Logan in well, there? I'm sure to... they got somebody else that they can find within ABC to take the lead on these well, things. Jake Tapper left, so I mean, I mean, he would probably be the next most likely person that they would have used. Who else well, are they going to use? Uh, you know, I don't know the full ABC Jonathan team or Carl, like I guess, that. right? He, I, yeah, Jonathan Carl might do it. Carl's yeah. a good guy. Carl seems like a pretty fair guy. He has some I mean, tough questions in the, in the White House press room. Yeah. Yeah, and he used to work up here on the hill just across the hall from me, so well, I, I would bet he might be one of the top picks. Actually, he was one of these guys. There's, I remember I had Tom Brokaw on the other day, and people didn't believe me when I said this, but there, Tom Brokaw, Peter Jennings, and Tim Russert were three people in my life that really cared how I came to my my how what what my thought process was like Tim Russert if I sent him an article or I was he would moderate debates I was at and I interviewed him a couple of times for his books which I thought were phenomenal and I remember the last time I saw him a few months before he died we were sitting around it was me him and James Carville and we were throwing stories around left and right and he wanted to know everything that I had about every topic I was covering I mean, he had a curiosity about conservatives. Peter Jennings comes into my radio studio, and he has my, my latest book at the time, which was Deliver Us From Evil. He had every page highlighted, and he ended up spending an, like an hour asking me questions about why I believe the things I believe. And he really yeah. had a curiosity about them. That's, uh, and, and that's something I always like to say. I learn something every day. Yeah, I mean, so anyway. Uh, what else is going on today? What are you following? You know, uh, several things. Uh, real quick, I did a hearing with a VA executive turned whistleblower today. 
Uh, this guy said for several years he's been raising red flags inside the VA, that there's all this kind of fraud going on and waste in terms of the use of purchase cards, government uh, credit cards inside the agency. Uh, he says that for four or five years, every time he brings it up, that just everybody sort of listens to him and shoves him off in the corner and doesn't do anything. So today he took the step of going to the witness table and turning himself into a whistleblower before the House Veterans Committee. The lawmakers, again, boy, I don't know how many times I've seen this now, they just uh, ran the VA uh, a witness up and down the flagpole who was there testifying for the administration. It's sort of the same story over and over again, the worry about the culture. And actually, the culture is the other thing that's been going on today with this story about the report on the Secret Service agents who uh, ran into the troubles outside the White House, a hearing on that as well. That report saying that uh, that the two senior agents were more than likely under the influence of alcohol when they were stopped outside the White House in March. It was clear the watch commander decided against giving them a field sobriety test. One of the uniformed uh, officers said it was because the watch commander deemed that a career killer, but the watch commander denied that to investigators later. Unbelievable. They've been through a lot, the Secret Service. And by the way, the vast, overwhelming majority of them are putting their life on the line every day, and it's a very difficult job. And I think people all too often forget that these are isolated incidents. Wouldn't you agree, even though there's been oh, a sure. few of them? Except here's one thing that I think you see from both the VA and the Secret Service is that there is this effort to uh, sort of ingrained inside not to come forward right away. It took an awful lot of work to get these details out of the Secret Service. And remember, the guy at the top wasn't even told about this. It took a retired agent who had heard about this, to call the current director of the Secret Service for him to find out what had happened. Yeah, I mean, that's when we're talking about protecting uh, the president of the United States, who I have vast disagreements with, we're talking about the leader of the free world. We, we have got to be perfect. I mean, that's the thing about these guys. I mean, they can be right a million times, but not one time that they could be wrong. It's a catastrophe of the country. Yep, just takes once. And on the, that note, there was a guy who was uh, stopped by police, by the Secret Service, in Lafayette Park, just across from the White House, uh, evidently trying to fly a drone. Uh, which is completely illegal to do inside the Washington, D.C. Beltway, especially down by yeah. the White House. So they were able to stop him before he did that. You know today. the guy that flew in that little homemade helicopter thing? Yeah. Okay, and I'm, I made the comment. It was off the cuff, and I later corrected myself. I mean, you know, why do we let people fly those contraptions? And I had no idea that so many people in this audience really love those contraptions. Oh, and then they're telling me left and right how safe they are. I had never seen one before. And I'm just speaking for myself. I don't like to get on little baby planes. That, you know you know the people that get their, their, their pilot's license and the, the, the first planes you fly on are those rickety small pieces of junk. Yep. I just don't want to fly on those planes. I don't feel safe in those planes. I'd rather be in a more expensive plane, a bigger plane, one that I feel is more airworthy. Anyway, so I just made the off-the-cuff comment, and I was That'll hammered. That'll get you in trouble, yeah. Yeah, it got me comment. So I said, no, if, if that's what you want to do, as long as it's safe and for the people on the ground, you ought to be able to fly it. If that's what you want to fly around in, and, and they're certified, airworthy, and by whatever government agency, I guess, would certify these things. Uh, we can't have people flying in contraptions that are going to land on people's houses. 
So as long as it's airworthy and safe and secure, you can fly whatever you want. But you just can't fly it over the White House or to the Capitol. Yeah, that sort of makes sense. Yes. Yeah. So I'm a big believer in freedom first. So I was called out by a caller one day. Um, let's go to the finger pointing over Amtrak. I'm I'm a little frustrated over this particular article because I think well, it's... and Speaker Boehner was a little frustrated too. He got asked a question about it because the Democrats yesterday, just by happenstance, there was a committee meeting to work on the budget bill that includes Amtrak. The mm. Democrats pushed for more money. The Republicans blocked it on a party line vote. And there were Democrats who were honestly trying to tie the crash to a lack of infrastructure spending. In fact, I got a video. Let me read you what the uh, this is a, a, a Democratic group that sent this out today. They put it on YouTube. It's called this is the title of it. Republican cuts kill again by a group called the Agenda Project. So you can see that there are groups out there trying to argue, well, this is because the, the Republicans are cutting the budget for Amtrak. Boehner said very very specifically, this had nothing to do with infrastructure. And uh, as he said, the guy was going double plus the speed limit. That's the reason for this crash. I mean, 106 miles an hour in a 50 mile an hour zone. Uh, but you got everybody from Ed Rendell. Ed Rendell was then asked a follow up question after blaming the lack of money spent on infrastructure. Uh, and then he said, well, what about what about all the money that we spent on the stimulus bill? You know, I went back and looked at that. And I was thinking about writing a blog for tomorrow about that. Amtrak got uh, from what I've been able to figure out. $1.3 billion in stimulus spending. And most of it is I go through the list of projects, security hardening, fiber optic cable. Here's a little positive train control program administration. You know, it, it wasn't much in terms of there were a few bridges here and there. But most of it was not what you and I might call infrastructure, was more security-type projects. Okay, but they still got a lot of money. They prioritized how to spend it. Yes, you know, they you did. Have the, you have Rachel Maddow saying, this is on Congress's head, basically saying Republicans are responsible for the death and the harm that came to those people on that plane. You know, it's like I told you. Look, the Democrats— just a few years ago, they were running the whole show here. Uh, they did not plus up the Amtrak budget as much as maybe they could have. Yeah, the, the, look, the Northeast Corridor, if there's one place where you might want to spend money, it is that, since that's the place, basically, where Amtrak makes money. But if it's not making money everywhere else, everything should be sustainable. Either sell it off or shut it down. It's what a lot of Republicans argue, and that's why there's so little report uh, support for Amtrak up here from the Republican Party, because they look at this data from all these lines across the country and see how much money is being lost. All right, Jamie Dupree, the most connected man in Washington, D.C., sir. You, Good to talk to you. Uh, we have Tamara and Ron Christie coming up. Peter Schweitzer will be joining us uh, to respond to the Stephanopoulos story and much, much more. we got full coverage of all of this tonight on Hannity, 10 Eastern, on the Fox News Channel. Uh, Linda, i got a little confession to make. You know what? I pamper my dogs, Gracie and Duffy. You know that, right? I'm shocked to hear that since you feed them steak when you have steak. What's wrong with feeding? If you're going to live 10, 12 years and I give you steak in the years that you're alive is doesn't that make me a good owner i fully support this effort but i'm just saying it was pretty obvious when i saw that okay yeah because I'm, my attitude is they're not going to live forever i want them to be happy when they see me eating steak they want some i give my dog some uh and listen gracie's still a little precocious uh youngster at three years of age anyway she licks you to death she doesn't bite and uh, but anyway, Square Trade found that 28 million pet owners in the U.S. report their pets have damaged an electronic device <laughs> and only 25 percent of those devices were insured and protected. So if you own a pet, you got to protect your cell phone. And if you have your phone insurance through your cell phone provider, Sprint, AT&T, Verizon, 
you're paying twice as much than you should be, maybe 10 bucks, 11 bucks a month, and $199 deductible. Now, here's the deal. You want to protect your phone. It's a smart thing to do. Square Trade phone protection is less than 5 bucks a month, much lower deductible. You'll save, on average, $240 per phone per year. And if you're worried about your contract with your provider, AT&T, Verizon, and Sprint, you can cancel their insurance keep your contract and and hire squaretrade.com for your insurance it's that simple squaretrade.com that's squaretrade.com we'll continue want to keep hillary and slick willie out of the white house yes then join us here three hours a day for the latest updates on the road to 2016 sean hannity is on right now News 95.5 and AM 750. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.